This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hi guys, and welcome back to another quickie. So today's quickie is going to be a little bit different. I have an amazing guest with me. Her name is Carly Blau, and she's a sex therapist who I actually just had featured on the Bedside Interview Series just the other week. So if you haven't already, you must go listen to this awesome interview that I did. Carly has incredible insight that she shares on that interview or on that series. But so for today, I just thought it would be such a fun idea to do a community Q&A with the submitted burning questions that you sent to bedside. So I have Carly here right now and we rounded up a few of our favorite questions that we thought everyone would relate to. And Carly's here to answer these questions for you right now. So welcome to the show, Carly. Hi, it's so great to be connected again. I'm really looking forward to hearing from the community and and hearing the questions that people have and and you know just get diving right into it. So so let me know what everybody's wondering. So the first question someone wrote in, they said, "What's the deal with fake orgasms? Why do we do that and how do we stop?" And then they mentioned that they don't have a problem orgasming on their own during self-pleasure. You know, how do we stop? It's very simple. Stop faking it. I mean, you're faking it for, for, it's not benefiting your partner because it tells your partner that, you know, that you're, that you're orgasming when you're not. So you're not teaching them how to actually pleasure you. You're not, you're, you're not getting any pleasure out of faking it. And quite frankly, like I faked an orgasm or two. It's not easy to fake it. Like it's work. Um, (laughs) So like why put in more work than you need to? If, if you can't orgasm with a partner, that's normal. Plenty of people don't orgasm with a partner, but can orgasm and reach a climax alone. There's no shame around that. And perhaps, you know, whoever asked that question, like they need to hear that. Like it's okay. Really, it's okay if you do not have an orgasm and sex can still be pleasurable without a climax. Um, and I think that, you know, based on society standards and norms, we don't really give ourselves permission for that we are convinced that like if you don't orgasm or a lot of times there is a gendered response here in the sense of like or i'm going to say a sex-driven response where males will feel um that like if a woman doesn't orgasm they are not doing their job correctly or it was not pleasurable and i think that that's like that is a stereotype let me be clear but I think that there's a there's an assumption across the board that like if I can't make my partner come right then I'm not good at sex and there's so much more to sex than making your partner come so if you have no problem orgasming with masturbation and self-pleasure perhaps you need to stop faking it and start teaching your partner what it actually takes for you to orgasm and if that means you you know masturbate with your partner and you you touch your vulva or you touch your penis and you have to do whatever it takes for you to be able to finish and climax and then then you engage in penetrative intercourse well if that's the kind of intercourse you want to engage in then then by all means that's what you need to do but in order to stop faking it you need to be the one to stop first Mm. Mm, that's a good one 
I think in similar veins, someone someone asked that they can only come when their legs are tightly squeezed together. And Mm -hmm. so in a similar vein, do you have any tips on how they're asking any tips on how to change this? And I'm going to tack on my question in, in relation to this, which is how do we get better at orgasm slash pleasure diversity? Sure. So, you know, regardless of, of what genitalia you have, there can be kind of provisions of what our bodies need to achieve a climax. If it is that your legs need to be tightly together, can you engage in some kind of sex where you can have your legs tightly together so that you can achieve that, right? That's first and foremost. Second of all, if you want to change that, um, OMG, yes. So OMG, com is an amazing resource for females to learn how to engage in different types of masturbation and self-touch. So you can learn all different types of ways of touching yourself and clitoral, clitoral stimulation or whatever it takes to achieve some kind of sensation where perhaps you can stimulate yourself enough that you don't need to have your legs tightly together. Then again, like I do want to say like there's no shame around whatever your body needs to orgasm. Right. Like some women need to be spanked hard in order to orgasm. Some some people, not even just women, some you know, people, I want to be really mindful of what I say and I mean what I say, but like some people need certain things to achieve their climaxes. If that means that your legs need to be tightly together to orgasm, is it that you're just annoyed that that's the that's the only position you can be in or is it a matter of that you feel you should be able to do more than that and then you're setting yourself up for feeling like you're letting yourself down Ooh, that is an interesting one right there you know it's like instead of like looking at the glass half empty you look at it as half full you know like looking at it as like oh it's half empty like I get it I have an orgasm but like it's only with my legs closed together instead it's like wow my glass is half full I can achieve an orgasm and perhaps it just means that when I achieve this orgasm my legs need to be really tightly together it's a matter of perspective right so is it a matter of and I would need more answers that's where this is about sex therapy and not just always a, a like a yes or a no or a straightforward answer it's much more fluid as we all know sex is totally totally yeah. And, and so and and I agree on that note, like we don't have a ton of context here. We don't know how people identify. So uh, with that in mind, kind of take these with a grain of salt. Um, Absolutely. But, and realize and I also want to say, and excuse me for interrupting. I just want to say, like, for anyone listening to anything that I say, like if it doesn't apply to you. Right. That's okay too. Um, That's the difference between like reading blogs and listening to things and then getting into therapy where therapy is like more catered to you and what your experience in the world is and what how and how your your brain and your body work together and individually and really coming to terms with like what it is that you need as an individual, not based on what the societal or cultural norms are. And so then again, that comes back to like what's going on that I can only come with my legs tightly together. Sometimes that could just be as simple as like, that's what your body needs to orgasm. Right. But the tips on how to change it, there could be so many tips. Do you engage in different types of masturbation? Do you learn different types of masturbation so that you can engage in them? Do you try different, um, techniques and different positions? Um, or do you surrender, and surrender not in a way in a bad way, but surrender in a beautiful way to like, you know, your glass being half full and like that you can orgasm and maybe you orgasm with your legs closed. Is there a way 
to do that in a sexy way that turns you on? Could you be tied up? Could you be, you know what I mean? Like, could your partner be on top? Like, what are the ways that you can make that into something that's pleasurable so it's not that you need to change it? Oh, I love that one so much. The next question is, my wife's low sex drive makes me feel like I failed as a man. How do I not Mm. learn to take it personally? I love this question. I hear it every day. I'm going to give this to you short and quick, but as short and quick as I can. Essentially, sex sex is about pleasure, but it's also about power. And um, there are a lot of things here. So first and foremost, like someone's sexual desire and functioning is not about you. It's about them. And when you start taking it personally and making it about you, well, now we've got ourselves into quite the mess because now they don't feel like they can be heard or seen in the fact that they're not desiring sex. But now it's about they're not desiring sex is upsetting you. And now there's no room for a conversation. Does that make sense? Totally. You know, and here's the other thing. People don't, one of the most common things I see in sex therapy is um, low sex drive in couples. And one partner is in the low desire position, meaning they're in the low desire. So like they're with the low sex drive and the other partner is in the high desire position of like, Hey, I really want to have sex with my partner. I'm constantly being rejected. They don't want to have sex with me. What's wrong with me? It's oftentimes, ironically enough, that the high desire partner, so the person who's wanting sex more often, is usually the person who feels like they have the least amount of control. And the low desire person is the one with the most control in the relationship. I get it. That makes sense. Yep. And it's it's a very funky roller coaster. Um, And it takes some serious mechanical work to stick with the analogy on um, understanding what is it that your wife is feeling like she doesn't have control of in the marriage or in the partnership, right? Like what is it that your partner, whoever is in the low desire position, you want to look at what they feel like they don't have control over and why they feel like they don't have control. Do they feel listened to? Do they feel heard? Do they feel validated? Do they feel seen? Do they feel helped? right? Do they like, what is it that they're feeling that they're compensating for that by turning you down? So it's like, um, you know, if you can take it personally, or you can take it as a clue, and you can take it as a clue of like, hmm, am I how am and in being in the high desire position? how am I now playing into this, giving her a feeling of being like she's in control? Because when she says no, like she doesn't want to have sex, it makes her feel like she's in control and he feels like he's not. The other thing is, and to stick to the question of like the low sex drive makes you feel like you failed as a male man. No, if someone's sex drive can make you feel like you failed as a man, well, how secure is your feeling of being a man in the first place? Boom. and that's what it's really about yes right like that's what it's about why is it if your wife doesn't want you that you feel like you failed as a man that's a huge statement to make and perhaps because you because your feelings of being secure as a man are contingent upon her wanting you that's why she doesn't want you in the first place wow and that's where like individual security in relationships is 
imperative. If you do not feel secure in yourself and your security is dependent upon your partner wanting or needing or loving you, it is a mat. You are a ticking time bomb for a disaster. And that's where the, that's where therapy I think is like, that's what therapy really should be about is you finding the internal self-love and strength to feel secure, develop coping mechanisms so that you can feel like an individual who can take care of oneself, self-satisfy oneself. And in that you can share a life with someone else instead of being dependent on them. So maybe our advice here is to not take it personally and to take a moment to tune into the clues. Yeah. And to really look at yourself. I mean, my advice is to take a look at yourself. How is it that your wife not wanting you makes you feel like you're not a man? Yep. How much of you being a man is dependent on your wife? That needs to be looked at from a place of self-love because you deserve that self-love where you feel like you're worthy and that you're loved and that you're worthy of being loved whether she wants you or not. What is your best advice for coping with the ups and downs of painful sex? This particular individual deals with vaginismus, but I know that painful sex can be an issue across the board, vaginismus aside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, coping with um, painful sex is, is, is really a big struggle for a lot of people. Um, and there's so much stigma and there's also so much conversation in the community around like sex should not hurt. Sex should not hurt. If you're having sex and it hurts, there's something wrong. And then we just perpetuate this mentality of like, if sex ever hurts you, something is wrong. The reality is, is that like sex can hurt and nothing can be wrong. Let me say that again. Sex can hurt and nothing can be wrong. It can be just like a lack of, I mean, too much friction and a lack of lube. So my best advice for coping with the ups and downs of painful sex is like, if you're having ups, focus on your ups, enjoy your ups. When there are ups, take them and run with them and enjoy them and allow pain to be something that Like, I know this is difficult because I don't have an opportunity to really explain much more than what I'm saying in these snippets, but I look at painful sex as childbirth, right? Like, childbirth, you go through, I mean, I I birthed a child vaginally, you go through a shit ton of pain. I mean, like, (laughs) a lot of pain, and it results in this little beautiful thing. And I want to be really careful. Like, I'm not saying that you should push yourself through something that you literally cannot tolerate when you're trying to make love to someone. But if sex sometimes hurts or burns a little bit or like it's uncomfortable and you're unable to maybe with vaginismus have vaginal penetration, can you can you enjoy oral sex? Could you enjoy giving a blowjob? Could you give tantric massage where a touch becomes orgasmic? What about nipple play, right? Like are there ways where you can stimulate your sexual needs in the world without focusing on doing what hurts you can you satisfy yourself otherwise and what i've seen with people who experience painful sex is that when they can explore new ways to achieve sexual pleasure that perhaps aren't your like your stereotypical penis and vagina penetration but other forms of sexual touch that can be orgasmic and pleasurable all of a sudden you stop remembering sex is something that always hurts you 
and you start remembering sex as something different that brings you pleasure. Someone is saying that quarantine affects their libido. What can I do? You know, how does it affect your libido? Are you feeling extra horny? Are you feeling like you're not horny at all? I mean, people are really struggling right now because we're stuck in our apartments or houses with our partners. We're stuck by ourselves without anybody or we're stuck like with a partner, but in a house with our family. A lot of people have gone home to like family homes um, to get away from like their house or to be around people for socialization, but like then there's no privacy. So it's a matter of like, You know, we need to realize that quarantine is not going to be forever. There will be a new normal. We will come out of this eventually. We need to bond together and get together to to find the strength within each other. And if it means that, like, your libido is low right now, what can you do? Can you masturbate to keep it alive? Can you watch a little porn? Could you watch some sexy, you know, scenes in some movies? Um, Are you feeling too horny? And there's nobody there to satisfy you, right? It's a matter of like, I think during quarantine, you know, right now as the country's opening back up again and and people are fearful of a resurgence of this eventually and, you know, all that jazz, like, how can we really surrender to what we just need to do right now? And if that means that we're surrendering to our libido being what it is as a result of our environment, can we just be okay and comfortable with the discomfort? I was literally just recording an episode which will be coming out a little bit before this one about how we can be comfortable in the, in the discomfort right now how can we lean in it's huge you got to lean in that's exactly right you have to lean in so like we're in a we're in a society in a community of like instant gratification and we were like oh we're quarantined we don't want to have sex what can i do i need to have sex do you really it right now do you really need it can you lean into the discomfort of not having it and still be okay So you mentioned something important, which no one has asked or I didn't have lined up to ask, but it made me think you said that people right now, a lot of people are going back to family homes. They're kind of isolating with larger groups. So how do we find time and space for intimacy when there's no privacy? Like, what does that look like? That's an amazing, fabulous question. (laughs) You know, the word intimacy is so often related to sexual activity. And it is amazing to see how people can keep intimacy alive without sexual activity. They are not the same thing. And can you keep intimacy alive by like holding hands more, you know, caressing a partner more? Um Instead of like masturbating in a way where you might be more vocal, could you be silent? Can you can you take your environment and adapt? And can you take what was once intimate in the sense of maybe spontaneous sex or sex twice a week and now you don't have that privacy? Can you, you know, can you turn it into gentle kisses on the cheek or the forehead or holding hands or playing with hair or massaging? Or something that might not need an immense amount of privacy, but can still keep intimacy and a sense of touch and closeness alive. That is so good. And I think that's so vital. Like, to, like, this is an opportunity to redefine and, like, explore, right? And, like, we're uncomfortable 100%. with that, but maybe we just need to reframe how we look at what intimacy means to us or what sex means means to us and take it as a chance to like, hey, 
I mean, I'm even thinking of the Sexapalooza worksheet we were talking about the other the other yes. week, right? Like how That's can right. we how can we tap into our fantasies and our wants and needs in new ways and be creative? Absolutely. Could you sext your partner sitting next to you when you're on the couch with your family? You know what I mean? Like and say, like, I would love to go down on you right now. It's too bad we're sitting here and just keep that spark alive. Do you know what I mean? Or use whatever verbiage you use, but like, can you can you keep it spicy in a private way? And this is really all a matter of like, I'm like blanking on the word, but like, we really just need to work with our surroundings and what we have. You know what I mean? Like get creative and can you keep it alive? Yeah, sure. You can keep it alive. Are you going to be able to keep it alive the way that you used to? No, because our situation has dramatically changed. That does not mean it's no longer an option for you. I think that I'm going to end on that note. I think that is just such a good way to put into place kind of what is even happening right now and just give everybody like a taste into what sex therapy looks like, especially in a room with you and just like how exciting it can be to unpack all this. Yeah, I think, and I love that, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate your time and giving me the space and the platform to be able to communicate with all of you listening to this right now. You know, I I think that every person deserves to experience sex in in whatever capacity they need to feel pleasured, and really giving somebody like a safe space to unpack that and learn what it is that they need and then feel empowered to be able to do that is just life-changing. So you're absolutely right about that. And and I think that it's amazing that people are listening and that you're providing, you know, resources for people to be able to feel that empowerment. So good for you. Thank you, Carly. I appreciate it. Wow. How incredible was that conversation? I hope that you were able to get some tidbits of information and insight into what the incredible world of sex therapy can look like. And just to also realize that we're not so alone during this time that outside of COVID right now, there are an array of people out there who are struggling or tackling and to understand just what sex looks like for them, whether it's painful sex, whether it's creating dialogue with their partner. It's something that I feel like in the coming weeks, it's come up so much, especially even in my immediate circles, just how people are navigating being single, being partnered, and being in quarantine together, being in quarantine solo. So I just, I hope that this brought some sort of relief and and understanding that all these circumstances that people feel are so isolating is really not so different after all. So With that said, a huge thank you to Carly. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I did a longer format interview with her just last week. It's such an incredible talk. So if you loved this, you definitely must tune into that conversation. We dive into so much more detail and just really juicy conversations and topics. And then the last thing I wanted to mention before I sign off here was that if you go to thebedside.co backslash sexapalooza, Bedside created a worksheet that if you are looking for some intimacy or you're looking to spice up your romance, your desire, your cultivate that partner you've been looking for, go to this worksheet. It is so fun to do, even on your own. If you bring in someone else, kudos to you. It was just such a fun worksheet to dive into your fantasies, your desires, and really spice things up. So what a better time than to get into that now. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's Quickie. I will chat with you next. 
Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.